Welcome to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. And today is a guest who is always online on Instagram, but always conveniently offline whenever I message him or when Liverpool are playing shit. So he is... <laughs> That's been the whole season. Yeah. So it is the one and only Jazz Johal from Kudos. Oh, right. Welcome, bro. Yeah, yeah, good. You good? Yeah, how's that? 9.30 at night. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to make sure that this is fine. And you know, for, for that, I'm going to wear my glasses because it makes me look even more intelligent. That's it, man. And then I'm, I'm ready for it. How have you been? Good, man. Just gearing up for the um, the wedding season, as always. Um, it's just uh, been a nice bit of break off. But now I just miss it, man. Just want to get back on road. How, how do you... How, like, I'll be honest, yeah. Like, I've been, it, through various stints of my life, I've been involved in this kind of wedding scene, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you get you get yourself motivated to do it? Because it's just so monotonous at some point. Like every every kind of what I mean by that is you kind of because you got like a well regulated system, you already know what's gonna be there in terms of like the kind of show you're gonna put on. Mm-hmm. You probably already know the kind of audience already there. You've probably even done some of the the you most likely have done their family stuff and that. Yeah, but how do you get yourself so motivated to keep doing it again and again and again? For loads of reasons, man. I said, I think the minute I fall out of love with this, I'll stop. Um, I think nothing, there's no, every time, I say this, every time you feel like oh, you're, it's not monotonous, but obviously you're doing one after the other, you just do this party and you just think, bruh, this is what I'm in it for. Like, forget the production and forget the, the smoke and the lights, the party, like I'm talking just a crowd and the crowd is there and you're playing for that crowd. It could be like the most simple setup in the world, but the crowd is going for it. That feeling as a DJ and other DJs will tell you this, it's just something like no other. Um, and I think the minute I stop loving that, uh, I'll give it up because I think it's not fair on the people that book you, especially in our game. Um, and then also you have to remember your motivation should be that, you know, for us, it's very easy to tick off like, oh, I've got three gigs this week or four gigs this week or 10 gigs this month. That person, they've been planning this for over a year. It's, you know, some people have been dreaming about this for years, you know, so you, and for people to phone you and say, oh, Jazz, I really want you to do my wedding. They're trusting everything in you, especially yeah. for the reception. The DJ is the main thing, you know, like, in, like how long ago was your wedding? 2009 I was 2009 yeah like do you remember what you ate that day I do yeah. because I did I didn't have that much did, but yeah. I know that I know exactly the same point because yeah. I agree but with what you're saying you, the only thing you probably remember is how good the party was yeah and that's on your shoulders isn't it and I think you've got to show up every time in it like for that bride and groom you have to man and I love it you know like I love the entrance I love the hype I love like you know like we have a good time if the crowd's having a good time and then it just yeah. turns into this mad, mad party and I love it, man. And I think... You just raised something there which I wanted to speak to you about was... Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get back to your history in terms of chronological in yeah. a second here. But, like, you know, the tradition was, like, normally it was a groom side that used to do all the entertainment. Mm. And now, it, for, from when I was involved at the time, it was, like, full spin. It was, like... I think that side of it went away. It's been neglected, man. 
What do you mean um, in terms of what? So like how I would say that the bride side would basically to kind of take over and say, yeah, this is what I want to do. Give it to the group side. Here's the check, man. Let's sort it out. I think, I think it's a process now with a bride and groom, man. I always like to meet my brides and grooms or chat to them or have a WhatsApp group. Yeah. Nice, isn't it? Because, yeah, before, it's funny because when we, like, you got to remember, I'm 36, but I've been doing this 22 years. When yeah. I was 14, I was a roadie. I've been, I've seen all the changes from leisure centres to playing in, uh, you know, part of, like, where it was girl side giving out the food to, you know, the boy side are the only ones that dance. To that kind of vibe. Waiters, when waiters came in, changed the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about bottles and tables, <laughs> Bacardi. I'm 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 Bacardi and 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 famous days started at that era. No, like vodka was never even heard of at that mm. time. You know, it was Bacardi and Pope. And yeah, to give you a kind of either perspective, like long tables and things were not, not unheard of. You know, mm. that those are the days that we started off doing things um years ago. And I've seen the the venues that we were at then. Um you know, Second City Suite was like, yo, you get married at Second City Suite. That's big. Like, do you get what I mean? That was, at that point, Bingley was like, wow, you get married at Bingley Hall. Um, so I've seen all the changes go. But I think now, Biden grooms, yeah, it's nice to talk to both. Dude, we used to phone the groom on the way or, like, to phone the groom and say, like, what's your first dance? You know, oh, just play whatever you want. Like, that's what it was. Play yeah. whatever you want. And, and now, you get, now you get shared email addresses. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jazzwins, Rand, gmail.com, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's nice, man. It's it's nice. I mean, it's nice for, for the bride to get involved. And it's nice for the bride to just sit there. You know, it's her day as well and her night as well. It's fun, man. So um, arguably probably one of the best hype, hype mans that you we, we've got in the scene. Yes, I was looking. I was looking at like your history on like YouTube. I couldn't find an extended interview of you at all. I don't. Have you ever given a long form interview to anyone? Uh, well, someone interview me? Nah, man. Like, um, I'm I'm a big mouth in it. I don't let other people talk. So. <laughs> no, because yeah, I was yeah. I was looking at your um even when you were doing your Brit Asia stuff, which I'll get yeah, to. Yeah. And then you had the star in the print kind of uh, yeah 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 those days, yeah so I'll, I'll get to that in a bit but you know your in terms of like the your history of getting into dj how did you know that was the move for you what 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 started that off you know what yeah um my brother's first birthday my brother's seven years younger than me yeah and my brother's first birthday there was a dj let me tell you something the pioneer of the wedding industry for djs is a guy called manji b yeah manji b is one of the original masters of this whole game he's he created a lot of this for us yeah uh and he actually used to live opposite me and his brother was one of my dad's best mates and um he did my brother's first birthday party and i just thought yo this is heavy like a um you know djing and blah blah whatever and that was at carfax hall in hayes like small hall like you know old style parents used to cook used to take the food there and instead of catering or whatever then um but yeah, I think just from that, I used to go and watch them load the van. Um, and then from there, I started just crewing. I, I think I crewed for uh, um, various road shows, um, just learned the game. And then from there, obviously, I grew up in West London as well. A lot of the big road shows started in West London. Yeah, so I wanted to know about because, you know, I got a fairly comprehensive, like, mm. idea of, like, of Midlands and uh, especially around Birmingham. Mm -hmm. what, my knowledge of London 
was it was very very scared i hardly knew anything what was going yeah, on yeah, yeah. but i also used to get the vibe that in terms of professionalism at that time in terms of advanced in in how uh people are moving like you guys were slightly ahead of the game in that way but it was in different. terms of london or in terms of kudos I'd say I'd say a little bit of both, but I think Kudos then pushed it, right? I would say Later that yeah, yeah, been yeah, a, a faster catalyst than what Kudos did, right? Yeah. And what yeah, I mean yeah. is by as you were going up and as you were going rolling and you're doing all the being with different crews. Yeah. What was the scene like then in terms of was was everyone friendly? Was there competition or what? What? How? You know what? It was. It was. It was a lot more fun in terms of you could just be racker there. It was like the first thing that someone used to come up to you and say, "Bro." Especially in Birmingham, you had a gig in Birmingham, like Venue Dudley or something like that. First thing someone used to say to you, yo, bro, uh, what bottle do you want? And they have two bottles in their hands. And we'd be like, oh, yeah, that's how it used to be back in the day. Mm. Like, you did used to session with the clients. You did used to drink with the client and get mash up. And but then you got to remember, like, things were totally different then, man. You weren't responsible for so much kit. You know, and people did. Back then, it was a lot more raw, in it? People did just come to party. Um, but then you got to remember, it's changed, man. Like, um, the level of uh, what in every aspect in terms of what we brought to the table I think the in the UK the Asian roadshow scene has changed a lot worldwide man like we've created a lot of trends worldwide mm. uh, yeah man it's changed I, 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 I do think back in the day was a lot um, a lot more fun in terms of not being a bit more carefree but then you got to remember I wasn't really the boss then i was just working for someone else and it always seems that way when they yeah. probably had their own problems where did there. where did you get your big break then so obviously you've started doing so your partner you like and you're crewing up because as a role it's you weird, man. your understanding all, everything happened at the right time obviously kudos happened at the same time when Brit asia was huge when Brit asia came out like everyone can admit it was massive and everyone was excited about it, it gave us a face we weren't watching ztv or you know, like the Sony's, we were watching something and watching people that we relate to, innit? Yeah. So it was like, wow, this is sick. And then H was doing reloaded at the time. And um that went just blew up phenomenally. Like at that time, UK Bungra was at its peak. You had some really big artists coming out of the UK, your Zeus's and uh books and uh um Amon was huge at the time, and all these people that were contributing to Brit Asia and H's album was big. And what happened? Miss Booja, obviously superstar, she was equivalent of really what your Dilji is here, isn't it? Now, like she was the biggest thing then at that wedding, you were playing everything Booja, isn't it? So what happened, Jard Brunch video was getting done and the presenter, we were doing a behind the scenes thing for Brit Asia and the presenter never turned up. And H was like, oh, look, like, why don't you do it? You're, you're, on the, you're right on the mic. I was like, yeah, cool. You know me, I'll just jump on and do it. Done it. And it just went mad. And Asia used to, uh, I remember Jazz Bow and Gurge, uh, a guy called Gurge used to run UK Bangladesh Culture. Uh, he was the main guy there. And he goes, Jazz, yo, do a show, innit? So like, yeah. So Amar Saran, he's a videographer, got, uh, owns Make It Real. Amar and H were really good friends because Amar is originally a London boy. Uh, we started Night Shift, but we thought, oh, what's his name? What name could we think of? Come up with night shift, and because H was doing all the parties and reloaded, his diary went crazy. He was everywhere. All your club nights, your chi bars, your this, your that. It was mad, yeah. Gate crasher back in the day. We were playing everywhere, yeah. Um, and then I used to just go to the clubs, and you know how it used to be back then. Like 
it used to be every night. Club Pangra night was every night somewhere. Mm. London, here, there. There was a Pangra gig on everywhere. Leopard was hit somewhere. This person was somewhere. Jazzy B was somewhere. This person was there. This person was there. It was every night. So I had so much content to film all the time. And what you used to see in that 22 minutes could have been eight hours of content. And we used to just, obviously, you got to remember back then, there wasn't really social media. There was, no one was pulling their phones out. So you had to be respectful of girls as well. Like, you used to ask them, Look, you sure you want to be on this show? Because... Yeah, because you, know, you must have saw a madness at least a few times. Because I even look back on some of the clips and when yeah. <laughs> when people were drunk, I mean that's a that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to get it, but people used to message you on Facebook and say, "Oh man, um, please don't put me on your sh show." You filmed me last night, and you have to respect that. Someone's sister, in it at the end of the day. Uh, even some guys used to message us that as well. But where it went massive night shift is when we went to Punjab. That is when I'd, all the audiences. The older lot, the younger lot, everyone was like, bang. And then, bro, at that point, I did see the difference in my kind of reach out into what people knew about who I was, obviously piggybacking off of the fact that H had done Reloaded at the time. And it just all kind of fell into place. Kudos came out, this happened, everything happened within one year. So, like, I'm, I, I, my, my uh, recollection was um, when Kudos came out was, just seeing it all over Asia. That was one of the big things. So there's a couple of things yeah. I want to ask you about that. But the history of Kudos and how it was formed, I don't know the full aspect of that because it's like, yeah. it's not, it weren't like, um, you know, base Punjab, their kind of name. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. it's fresh coming at you. Like, what the fuck is this? Because I used to see it everywhere. Like it went from fucking DJ to hiring cars. It was just every, it was the same number everywhere. It was basically, I remember we used to be part of Calibre, in fact. Um, and I think at that point, we knew that we were, we went to the, we, we grew up in the right place. I respect my time at Calibre. Like, we, we didn't end up in a roadshow that wasn't professional. That was the most professional roadshow at that time. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful that I ended up there. Um, and from there, me and H were like, yo, uh, do you fancy, do you want to leave? Do you, do you want to do kind of our own thing? Uh, and then Rajiv mentioned, yeah, yeah. I'll, like Rajiv's obviously my school friend from like years ago. He's like, yeah, I want to do my own thing as well. And then Haj, uh, Amma and Onka, we were like, yeah, yeah, we want to do our own thing. And then we just formed Kudos and made this company. And then from our relationship with Britasia. Um, but how did that go down? Because like all of a sudden, it, you've... It's like a powerhouse. It's like a knowledge. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was, a, well, it was mad. At the time, it, you couldn't, we couldn't fill the bookings because we, that's why the team grew so quickly because we had so much demand. And obviously, because I had the relationship with, with Britasia, I kind of had a monopoly on who could kind of, other roadshows could advertise. As I said to Jazz, I was like, look, we're going to advertise with you. No one's ever done this before. Um, and Every roadshow is going to want to advertise, but you know we want the exclusivity on it. And he said, "Yeah, okay. you know." Because that was that was the genius move. Yeah, yeah, that, that was it. Because obviously, British was huge, bro. Where wasn't it on everyone's house for Britasia. Every Gray Express, um, Britasia uh, was on. Every pub, Britasia was on. It got to a stage where every wedding was almost the same. It was kudos DJ, Johal catering food. Yeah, Same yeah, yeah. Same no, filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I saw the video. That's it. It was every, video. Yeah, every kind of like 
it was like one or two. You were going to get 50% yeah, yeah, yeah. of it right it was, either way. Yeah, it was, man. It was it, it, it grew into something very quickly. You got to remember, I was 22 at the time. And I, we just made this massive company and effectively took over the scene. And like the, the, thing that, the thing that I couldn't understand was, and this is where I would say it, where that professionalism came in, mm. that you guys came to Midlands and took the piss at that bit. Because you were kind of dominating the Midlands market. And I was like, in the Midlands market. I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm just yeah, no, no, I'm political. But maybe I don't know. You know, because what what I was I saying was for your mates' weddings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think no. I remember what a scund, like my mate scund an essential. He had like a kudos like booth in the, in the back. Yeah, of we used to leave it there. We used to leave yeah. it because exactly. we had so much stuff, so much. But dude, we used to be. I remember one weekend. We were at Aston Villa Football Club. We had Bingley Day and Evening because they used to stop your wedding at 5.30 and do an evening party. We had Second City Suite Day and Evening. We had, remember Wolverhampton Racecourse? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Race to weddings. And then we had Bingley. And there was one called Sapphire Suite. There was Dunstall. You're on about Dunstall. Dunstall Racecourse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had that. We had all the main venues in, in Birmingham. And then I remember we had about six, seven bands at Warwick Services. And we all linked up afterwards. And we were like... Boy, we just done all the biggest weddings in Birmingham today. So did you did you think yeah, so what the point I was getting to is like did you ever kind of envisage that somebody was gonna do an equivalent of what you guys were doing there, but in the Midlands? Or did you bank well, on the yeah. fact that it weren't it, it was logistically too too much or I mean, egos? So even it just depends, like I think where your clientele ends up growing is where you end up forging so you know when you said uh, go back to a question, you said to me, What do you love about what gives you the motivation? Yeah. My motivation still is most of the people I DJ for, my friends, like, or I've become, look at me and you, we became friends through what? The industry. Yeah. Mm. I'm just thinking about weddings, what's happening, blah, blah, blah. So many of my friends, even like, like Raju, your mate, uh, like you, he's obviously a lot closer with you, but me and Raju become mates now, where he booked me for his wedding, but then I support his business back because I'm like, oh, you do football tickets. Yeah. So I've got a big network. And people ask me, I'm like, yeah, oh, he does football tickets. Yeah, call him. And it's just grown that way where you support people back. And I just think that's how our culture is, to be fair. I think mm. our age group, um, especially, I, th I think we are good at that. We are good at supporting each other. I also think it's a bit of a dying breed, though, our age group, in terms of like, you maybe, know, how, we, maybe, how yeah. we're looking after, like, in terms of that networking and the respect factor. I, Maybe for our age group, I don't think it is. Maybe younger down. Yeah, because I just I see you as an older age group than yeah, like, no, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously now uh what mid-30s. Um and I've seen the changes in just culture, but that's just how people are now. Like people are very much different in a sense where the younger lot are different from us, but in a good way as well, man. They're smart. These kids are a lot smarter than we were, man. I see it with my younger DJs. And I learned from them. I think the minute you stop respecting that, you fall behind. Do you think? Do you think that the the younger generation is more for the uh, the drive for money rather than the actual product? Um, nah, nah. I think you get good and bad. I think they're smarter than us in terms of money, and they've got access to a lot more information than we had at that age, and they're a lot more sharp. You remember what we were at twenty two. 21 we weren't as quick as these these kids like they and they can trade they can do things online make businesses like my little cousin when she's from she, through university she was making money by selling clothes online like 
limited editions, trainers and tops and things like that. Mm. That age group, we were going out flyering and staying out of our house and promoting gigs and things like that and going out door to door having to fly. They don't need to do that now. They've got technology to their hand. You just make a really good Instagram page and your gigs are good. You don't need to stand on the street corners or come outside gate crash at three in the morning handing out flyers. Mm-hmm. I think they're just smarter now because they've used technology. And do you see you like you know when you when when you got the advice of when sorry when you've got those youngsters in your team and and you're doing um uh I don't know how you kind of like you delegate your work or how you're trying to upskill the your your DJs like what's some of the key advice that you kind of tell them especially from the lessons that you learned as a youngster I think the main thing to do in our game yeah is to always remain very humble um in where people are going a little bit wrong, yeah, is, look, if you want to last in this game, you got to remember, you got to stay grounded because just if you show people good and things like that, you don't last. Like, look at that. Look at the artists that have lasted, yeah? The artists. Like, look at Jazzy B, yeah? Look how much respect he shows people on stage. Never shows no one good. Always shows enough respect. Doesn't mind people coming on his stage. Look how long he's lasted. And he's killed it. If you go around showing people attitude, you don't last. Where do you last? Look at all the people that have, that show up and this that. They don't last in the game. They don't get booked. Mm-hmm. Half of the charm of booking someone, especially in Upper Jumpy culture, we're warm people, you know. And you know, someone booked me. Yeah, funny enough, some guy, uh, an older gentleman. He's from Birmingham, in fact. I'm doing his son's wedding in NEC Hilton next year. He booked me. He phoned me. He said, "Jazz." He's like, I booked you because every time I see you at a wedding, you always say to me, hi, nice to see you again. Like, and I always shake his hand. He said, I respect that, that you ain't never show up. And you know, the thing is as well, you remember people are going to come up to you when you're playing. They are going to want your time. Mm-hmm. You've got to show people that time of day. Obviously, you've got to be good at what you do as well. That goes without saying. But like, why do you think Harv got so big so quickly? Most people just want Harv's big smile at their wedding. You know, they just want that because they love him, innit? And people love him to death because who's not who's nicer than Hog? Who's not mm. the, he's the nicest guy going? Like and a United fan, you can't get it better. He, he's he's like I'm not just saying he's one of my best friends. He's he's blown up. You gotta remember, I've been doing this 22 years. We done Hog's wedding. That's how we know Hog. He paid <laughs> for his wedding, became our friend, started playing football with us, and he was like, "Oh, I can do this DJing. I'm into Bangla. Learn how to DJ." And now, arguably, bro. I'd say Bangla DJs top five. Top yeah, five. I mean, I was I had him on the podcast, and I think one of the things that uh, where what came across was his, um, I think he was brutal honesty in terms of yeah. where you know his own high expectations and expectations of others, and 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 how yeah. he and and how he kind of brings that across. I think, but you're in a different position to that, I would say, because of the fact that you've got your own professional kind of standard that you're doing. You're learning, but then you're also managing a massive business as well. And managing yeah, yeah, yeah. ego as a manager in that way, an operations manager, I would, yeah, uh, yeah. I would say, how do you have you got big, you got big team, big personality, you got egos within them? How do you manage that yourself? Because you wouldn't have learned that as a roadie, you'd learn that as as a C, I, as a, as a, I as a yeah. So, yeah. I think the good thing about our team is, yeah, look, everyone. It's like a football team, isn't it? Like everyone wants to be on the starting eleven. If there's five gigs and eleven DJs, obviously you want to go out and play, yeah. But look, 
you got to remember, we never stop anyone from branding themselves. You ever see at a Kudos gig, you might see Kudos and DJH. You might, might see Kudos and AJD. But you'll see both brandings there and both are synonymous with each other, yeah? So I'm happy for the boys to have their own brands. Deliver their own brands. Do what you got to do. Have your own identity. You know, Christian Ronaldo has his own CR7, but then still plays for whoever he plays for. Hmm. Have your own two brands. Build your own character. There's going to be life after Kudos for uh, these people. But for me, this is what I do, innit? But managing the egos, I think one thing about our team, you got to remember, bro, yeah? Without sounding arrogant at all, every single DJ within the wedding industry, I would say 60% have asked me if they can join. Maybe 70, yeah? And sometimes the reason I don't take people on is not... One is because sometimes I just can't... can't um, so I'll be quite honest with them and say, look, you're probably better off doing what you're doing because I can't give you the, the work to fill your diary and I don't want you resenting me afterwards. Um, and secondly, is that the equilibrium of, of uh, how people are. Like, you know, when we're all together or in chatting in the WhatsApp group, there's no like... There are your stronger personalities. You remember people like Rajiv B. Rajiv's a strong personality. Like, um, you know, AJ's got a strong personality. H's got a strong I've got a strong personality. But then you've got some people that are way more mellow. Like, you know, Harv's really mellow. Manny's really mellow. Kabir's really mellow. Amman's, little Amman's mellow. Big Amman's like, proper strong personality. But it's just a good equilibrium before us. You remember in our office, Monday to Friday, people don't realise that. In our office, me, H, Chunks, uh, uh, Kabir, Manny, Amun, uh, we all work here Monday to Friday doing doing our, uh, our with our team here. We're Monday to Friday. We're, we run an AV business as well. Um, so we're, we're together all the time. We play football together. It's, it's good to have that team spirit. And I think that starts from the top. Like if your attitude is poor from the top, it's going to go through your whole team, isn't it? How I conduct myself at gigs is going to go through the rest of my team, isn't it? And was that something that was there? Uh, was there an occasion or a, um, um, an event or incident or anything where you had to kind of adapt your your skills? And the reason why I'm, I'm pressing you more on this is because yeah. as you're seeing a lot of new DJs coming onto the market, there's yeah. a lot more money that's around there and disposable income that comes through. And so you're you're seeing a lot uh, DJs hitting five six figures now yearly, and and what mm. and that humbleness sometimes goes away because of the cash that's there, the money that's involved in that industry. Um, Was there a point where you had to kind of almost check yourself as well? Yeah, I think I think look, the thing is, yeah, in our game, it is a it is a bit of a flashy game, isn't it? Like people booking a DJ or a personality or they want someone well-dressed they want someone that's cool like unfortunately that's the world we live in man we live in a social media age in it your image is everything i see djs out there that can't mix two tracks but they're just playing out on image like you're out doing a job and you can't do the basics of the job um and that's where you're out doing that um but then I see people, but then people book them, like, because based on image, that's the world we live in, bro. Mm -hmm. um, I think people want to see, I don't know how to put it, man. Like, people like that lifestyle. It's a bit of a glitz and glamour lifestyle, isn't it? People think it is. It's, 
not necessarily is all the time because obviously there's a lot of work behind it as well and i don't think people should get fooled by the money yeah the expense are uh big like what people are investing into their weddings but you gotta remember man at the moment there's a lot of budget what people paid for a van and staff and fuel 10 years ago is different now isn't it like there's still a lot of budget with things and the setups are bigger man a lot of investment into them now people are investing a lot of money into setups now yeah because i was thinking about this because i was like i couldn't if I was going to do my DJs, I couldn't afford my own wedding again. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because like the, the, the price and, and how much the costings have gone up and stuff like that. Was there, was there ever a time where, like, collectively, I know you, there was discussions at one stage, especially through COVID, where we ha there was a lot of people's lives and uh, suppliers and then uh, jobs were at risk at that time because people hadn't had anything for a couple of years at that point. Was there anything at that uh, at that at time which made you reassess in terms of like, I, do I want to continue to do this? Shall I invest nah, my nah. time in AV or should I just? Con um... So, so I never really wanted to ever give up on this. But you got to remember, bro. We are uh, kudos. Is I think the misconception why are we now even honing on it a little bit more misconception about kudos that is just a DJ AV company. We're a production company as well in a sense. We build. Um, build and we got a workshop here and we print with massive printers we were supporting the nhs and uh companies remember we were doing print yeah yeah we had, we, had, we had a chat then as well yeah, we? the amount of signage that we were doing for two meters sticker stickers and signage boards and this that you know we we survived through that and one thing i'm i'm very proud to say is that we never knocked no one any money like we did have deposits for people it was hard giving their money back at the time um, but we never ever knocked anyone a penny because I always thought I never want my dad to be sitting in the pub and someone say, Oh, you're Jazz's dad. He knocked my cousin or knocked my son for two grand deposit from his wedding. Never yeah, wanted that. There was a lot of that though. There was a lot okay. of that. There was a lot of that going on. Oh, but you tell me where anyone can come around and say, We did that 21. They can't. Mm. They can't say that. And we worked hard to make sure that didn't happen. Especially for my boy's sake. I never imagine Manny's playing at a gig or Arl's playing at a gig and someone comes up to him and says, Oh, you're kudos, yeah, you don't knock my cousin. And they're, you know, 10 glasses in and with 20 of their cousins. I don't want to put my boys at risk like that. Mm. It can happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see it like customers and other people, they don't see that other side of it, do they, at all? In, in terms of where. I think one thing that we have to be grateful for and everyone has to be grateful for in this industry is the lifestyle it gives you in terms of not the money in terms of the fun and network you make you know like i get to come and enjoy some of the most memorable days with people and sometimes a lot of the crowds are my mates mm. you know and it's fun man like it's given me a lot of good experiences in my life like i've been around the whole world um sometimes with clients that are my mates and it's fun, man. It's, it's, it's a good time. Like, you know, when, let's say you, you phone me or like someone says, oh, bro, I'm getting married. And I'm like, yeah, wicked. I, I'd love to be, do, be your DJ. Mm. You know, a lot, a lot of this in terms of for other people's enjoyment comes, might be a sacrifice for yourself. Like you've been on the road when you're saying like from 14, like at what, at what personal cost did it have for you in terms of like family? Cause I, I know I couldn't hack it. Yeah. When I was a totally in that, I it I yeah. got to stage where my probably all my exams and stuff was like happening there. All that family duties are coming up too much. Like, how, yeah, yeah. How do you balance that? I think 
look, the people you work with, like the door players that I have at my gigs are my mates, yeah? The, I used to, but I, obviously there is sometimes you sit there and everyone's sitting at a barbecue with all your boys that you've grown up from in school with and you're standing there about to do first dance. You do feel it, yeah? Don't get me wrong, trust me, you feel it. Or all your cousins are linked up at someone's house or they're FaceTiming you because they're all having a good time there and you're at, at a wedding DJing. Yes, you do feel it. But, bro, I drop my daughter to, daughter to school every day. I pick my daughter up from school every day. And when I drop when I drop my daughter off to school, I'm probably the only dad that's not in a rush. I'm not kicking her out of the car and running her to the door and we're laughing and joking. And you know what? I think since I've had kids, I've respected my work even more that, yeah, I, fair enough, the weekends I'm sometimes away, but I give my kids a lot of time. Are you a lot and, more pickier than now what you do than on the weekend because of that? Say that again, bro. So are you more pickier in terms of what kind of gigs you do on a weekend because you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I don't know, man. Like, mo bro, if I'm honest with you, most of my diary is in Birmingham. Like, every week I'm probably playing in Birmingham. I'm not even joking. Like, my gigs, a lot of my clientele, I end up, loads of gigs I end up are just people that have been booking me for years. And, like, you'll say, Jazz, book this date and book this date and book this date and then it just comes, grows through that. Um, so I'm always up that way. Um, yeah, I mean, you do give up that time. But then, bro, I, like, you, if you're off on a weekend or you're off during the week, you've got that flexibility in life. Yeah. And I think now more and more I'm seeing it. I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask an offensive question, yeah, which what? also is offensive to me as well, which is we're coming into an era for the first time, especially in the Punjabi DJ era in the UK. Mm -hmm of a lot more older DJs coming in onto the scene at the same time. So Say that like, again. So we've never had like 40-year-old DJs or 40-plus-year-old DJs mm -hmm. in mass being on the scene at the same time. You would always have the one or two. It was always a young person. I'll tell you why that is. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> it's not the DJs. The DJs are skilled, yeah? D you, I've got a lot of young DJs. I've got Amun, Haj Batharu, Arvi, Itch, um, who else have I got? Kabir's a bit older now. Uh, da -da 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 -da. yeah, I've got all these young boys. Sorry if I've forgotten anyone, it's not, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're um, but all the younger lot, I think, where they I'm very blessed that my lot are, 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 are confident, but I think because life has taken your phone has taken away, you know, when you meet someone and just start chatting to them, yeah, I, I love that. Like, even when we went on our honeymoon, we had this. Uh, uh, water villa, yeah, and this water villa was like a private pool and this that, bro. I put my toe in that pool once. I was like, forget this, this is boring. Let's go to the main pool. Let's go to the pool, chat to people, this that, blah blah blah. And I think what's happened with social media, like, bro, I hate texting. I love picking up the phone and saying, what's happening? Really? Like, the, younger <laughs> lot, the younger lot, they don't like phoning. They like texting. And I think the reason, what I'm trying, the point I'm gonna eventually get to is. Reason that I think that our age group has stayed in the market so long is because we're confident on the mic. <coughs> and we're able to host the gig confidently. We're able to, there's loads of good DJs out there. Obviously, DJing has become a lot easier than when we started. The program mixes it for you pretty much now anyway. A lot of DJs are not, some, you watch these TikTok DJs, they can't even mix. So mm. they, some DJs go out and play full pre-mix sets. But it's the, the, um, the hosting 
Like you got look, books, yeah. He's a, a host, he can host, yeah. H, he's a host. Um, Jags Climax, he can host. He stayed in the game for that long. Like these people are good on the mic, they can create, you know, like anyone can DJ a party that where everyone's willing to dance. But the parties that people ain't willing to dance, and you can turn that into a party, that's when you're a sick DJ. And one thing I would say is the hosting is the reason I think a lot of people stayed around for a long time. So is that the difference between when someone says like a DJ and a selector and a host and a host might all different? So let me tell you, I think that we're more than DJs. We're entertainers, man. Bro, you got to remember a DJ in a club, it's easy, isn't it? People don't respect Asian wedding DJs across the board, yeah? And this is all of us, yeah? Think how many genres we have to be specialist in. Think how many mix of weddings there are now, yeah? you got an English guy marrying an Indian girl. Uh, you got a Gujarati marrying a Punjabi. you got a this marrying a that, yeah? I don't know, Punjabi girl marrying a Nigerian guy. So I had to mix between Afro beats and Pangaran music and English music, normal pop music the whole night. But you, it's how you balance the crowd yeah like I, you like i had a tamil uh, wedding marrying a, um, a gujarati they got their own musics that they want to do now you got to remember we need to know yeah all the english music 70s 80s 90s 2000s the new stuff hip-hop garage how many sub-genres are within everything then you got Pangara. look how many sub-genres in Pangara. desi your old school 90s Pangara, uk or Desi new the like got an original mood style the um the Gidda music all that there's so many different types of music and eras that there are to know it properly and then you got Bollywood old Bollywood new Bollywood this that and there's so many different genres of music that Indian roadshow wedding DJs know you got to put their hat your hats off to them man like anyone can go to gate pressure or whatever clubs they are now they're called and play an hour set and play the same music that the geezer before you did. But when you got a crowd and you got to entertain them for four hours and not keep on repeating the same songs and take them on a proper journey, that's skill. And a lot across the board, there's a lot of good DJs in our in our industry, man. So how how do you keep yourself relevant then in terms of like on the listening to the new mu like new music? I think that's because what I do, I love music, innit? Like I've always loved music and you got to remember, like I said, we all work in the same office. So I got Amun, I got Amun in my office. I got um, Fabir in my office, and we're all—they're the younger lot, kind of—and we're all exchanging tracks all the time, innit? Oh, that's a sick track. Where'd you get that mix from? Where'd you get this from? Blah blah blah. And we're exchanging music all the time. Um, so yeah, man, it, 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 you have to learn off the younger lot. So like, what they know and what we know are two different specialities. So they'll come with me to a gig and see, oh, yo, jazz can do this, jazz can do that, jazz can host like this. I can stop a party confidently and talk to 600 people and get the party going, no problems. But this DJ can remix, like Sam, like uh, DJ Sam who plays for us, bro, he can mix five tracks in a minute and the guy's so super quick and you think, wow. So you learn off each other, innit? Mm. So what's one of your biggest fears then for the... Um... Two two questions. One of one of your biggest fears for the wedding industry, and the second one is what what's your biggest fear for the Punjabi music scene in the UK? Um, the, the music in the wedding industry, I got no fears for. I think we all love a party, man. We're Punjabis, man. 
People said after COVID, oh, what? People are not going to want to get married anymore. Da, 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 da. Bro, people want to party, man. It was like, I was doing secret parties in loads of places because people would do the party. I got videos, it's so funny. I did a party with Shinda Shinda, yeah? Me and Shinda got booked. He's actually in Birmingham. I can't remember the name of the venue, yeah? I know it. You know the party I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Bro, it was madness. People were dancing at the table. You had to stand at your table, wouldn't it, and dance? Bro, it was a madness. And I was cracking up because I was like, this is it's in our blood, bro, to party. We what love I mean, it. You, yeah, what, you, put on a, you put on a Dolby and the two glasses in LA and we want to party, bro. No, what, like, I, what, what I kind of mean, uh, mean is what uh, meant on that kind of angle was that you know how, like, if we, if you looked at 100% of a Punjabi... Cut out. Oh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yeah, go on, say that again. Yeah, yeah what, what I meant was, like, <clears throat> the future of a Punjabi, uh, the UK Punjabi one, is, like, where people used to do a wedding, and let's say it was 100% Punjabi music, then you see yeah, the yeah. percentages start to increase of, like, a lot more kind of English dance music, music yeah. and English music going in there. Like, eventually, like, because of the taste and how what the next gen are kind of switching off from Punjabi music, I, like, no, I, I would say, bad, would you say this? Would you say this then? Would you say at least 60 70 percent of the playlist that you play of UK Punjabi is more than 20 years old, 15 to 20 years old? Yeah, 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 it could be, it could be, and that's what I'm saying because that's going to increase. That's always, yeah, bro, that's the same with English music, mm. it's not just our music. Look at, all right, tell me the last biggest English track you know. I'm a bit of a shit geezer like this. Right, like, anything, um, what's, what's the biggest track? Ed Sheeran. Or like, no, I've got a party track that you listen party to. Track. What's big at the moment? What, Burner Boy? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I couldn't name uh, it. I couldn't say you anything. Let's say yeah, Burner I, I trust Boy, yeah? You. Yeah, yeah, I trust but you. Even English music is the same. Music is a fast... You can't, you can't compare music to... Ten, you know when an album came out? Let's say when Reloaded come out, yeah? Hate spent time on it. It was a CD. It physically came in your... Like... I was gonna say come in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> so you held it in your hand, you store the, the CD, you listen to the CD in your car. That was the only thing you listened to. Now you've got Spotify, you've got music to your disposal. It's making the playlist for you. You're not listening to that song again and again and again unless you really like that track. You've got so much playlists and music, but English music's the same, it's, it's disposable now. Yeah. It's like even now, you look at our English set, let's say I'm doing an English party, I'm still playing the old music. I'm still, you're still playing 90s R&B. People come up to me, oh, I really want that history set. Still play that history set. Yeah, you're playing the newer stuff. But what newer stuff are you really playing? What can you dance to that's new? Even with Punjabi music, what can you really dance to? Besides Diljit stuff, no one's really making dance music anymore that you can party to. Yeah. It's all quite hip hop -y. But the same is with, the, uh, with, um, with commercial music. It's the same. It's all no, very... No, no, that's fine. It was just my, you know... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying... People, people have said that to me. I do agree. Like, I do miss the happy Bhangra that used to come out of the UK. Bro, I miss the Amon Hairs, you know, the, um, the the music that he used to put out, the Tarti Hindis and all that, yeah? Like, like, Zeus. Look how many bangers Zeus had. Even, like, that era of music was sick. Like, PBN, man. Look how many bangers PBN had. Yeah. Pinia, you play it now. That Dolby is, like, known. Just that Dolby at the start, you know when it's coming in. It is something about that era of music. Even Giovanni looks at Giovanni H's Giovanni. It's an evergreen Pangara song. Darshan, evergreen Pangara song. Mm. These are songs that you play at every wedding. 
that are still look at that yard ball that bro. Still one of the biggest bangers. Is it, uh, I asked the, I think I asked half the question and it like fights at a wedding. What was the, what is it ever? He was talking about the Ramada, <laughs> which was. Oh, yeah, the one that H had, man. Bro, <laughs> we had the papers, everything falling out. <laughs> so, fights at a wedding, I think now people are a lot more selective with their, um, since COVID, to be fair, people are a lot more selective with their guest list. Yeah. Um, like, you got to think here, when was the last wedding you went to? There was 800 people. None. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't been to a wedding in ages, man. No, I mean, yeah. Andrew's wedding was my last, wedding. last wedding. But even his wedding, how many Bande that guy knows, it was probably about 400 people. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think, yeah, that he's a popular guy, yeah? The guy knows a lot of people. And even, like, when you think about it, you don't call every other person anymore. Bro, I used to do weddings at Bingley Hall. I remember I'd done uh, um, Joel Catering. Obviously, they're my friends. I'd done Sharon's wedding. Uh, two big families, obviously, because... Uh, uh, chatters in uh, uh, um, Joe House, uh, met. well, 1600 people. People came up to me a couple of weeks later, oh, so yeah, Sharon's winning. I was like, Were you even there? They're like, Yeah, I was sitting, I was thinking, Bro, how are you gonna get around 1600 people yeah, that Bing way? Bingley was crazy because when you used to go in there, the biggest thing that I used to realize was like, because it used to be an old bus station, yeah, yeah, Bingley Hall, and um. Like I used to think you could play football in here quite easy. There could be a wedding on one side, you could play yeah, five yeah, side on the other. Yeah, bro, you used to your sound used to disappear. Like you used to get other venues, people say turn it down, and there you're thinking, bloody yo, I need to bring some extra speakers. <laughs> like is that, are those the elements that you miss then in terms of what it is now? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I tell you what I hate about oh man, someone phones me says I'm getting married at this manor house and it's got a sound limit of 97 dB. I'm like, yo, count me out, man. Uh, that is my 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 thing. It's like our sound limiters, I hate them because I just think you can't perform to what you know you're capable of. You're literally the whole time your eyes on this traffic light thing going up and down. It cuts out and you look like an idiot. Or you got the whole time people coming up to you say, "Oh, bro, turn your music up." And that's what I mean. Is that's what I do miss. Like back in the day, you had venues, man. You could go in there. And thump some beat in it. That's what you do, isn't it? I, I remember once I was with um when I was with Aparapajan, we did uh playing at all with him in it back in the day. And we went to Wolverhampton Molyneux Centre, they used to have it next to the stadium. Oh yeah. And uh, I think it was a Husnadi Sarkar, like it was Jazzy B and it was like a dance, it's like a jungle beat. I don't know what it was, and he had some yeah. bass bins. He, said he put it so loud, the one of the roof panel, the, the glass, the wedding went and it just dropped down and smashed all on the floor. Oh. And I was like, this is <laughs> this was dangerous, man. You know, I understood why they put it. Those those days, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, those but, those man, days. You know what? I'll be honest, it's bro, it's life has changed, isn't it? Times have changed. People are very much about having the Instagram wedding, which is great for me, isn't it? Great for business. It's all it's all it's all about the clarity. It's our it's all cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to, to, to a point. Do you have any... I know you kind of released another track recently. Is this the new thing you're going to go into, that more on production side again? Um, I think mainly I do like um, different music. I think now, let's be real, it's a lot easier to produce, isn't it? Like, being a producer in 15 years ago, you used to have to... Now you can produce things on your... Just DJ Serato live, like it's not especially hard. with AI in that now. 
yeah, yeah it's, it's not hard and to be honest with you like most of the stuff that i'm putting out there is my ideas but i'm not producing it i'm i'll be, I'll be very honest about that like i've got like rv helping me and um you know he produces music he's that's his thing but um and a couple of guys from india that can help me here and there but yeah it's my ideas um yeah it's just what i can express and put out there man i'm not doing it for bookings because i've got enough bookings it's just more for i think my own personal fun really um hard was the actual reason i've had all those tracks here that guy he released them all on their Spotify, so I'm going to release all these tracks. I said, bro, allow it. And then one day he just messaged me. That's what all the bloody covers. There's one cover here, I'm going to kill him. He's put like a little cat, a kitten as the, uh, as the... If you actually look who my owner of the old music is, this is DJ Hog on the bottom of Spotify. Because he, he, he uploaded everything. He's like, I've done it. And then he put this bloody stupid Billy on there, one of the uh, covers of the thing. But yeah, that's him. He's, he's a big killer. So like... In terms of what the future looks like for you, then what? How would you? How would you kind of best describe it? I think look, main thing for us is if you keep on concentrating on your customers, we want to keep innovating and changing up the game. Yeah, like obviously we have to always. We can't sit there and say, "Oh, we're the market leader," and then you don't lead. Like you got to do it, innit? Like if you're going to talk a big game and say, "Yeah, we're kudos, we're this, we're that." Um, look, you got to remember, yeah, everything we see in the wedding industry i'll openly say it is h's ideas like h is uh, um yeah fair enough he's part of kudos and kudos brought these out these ideas out but you look at majority of the things that you see at weddings today and people's whole businesses exist because of things h introduced into the wedding market like you're talking led dance floor the guy who owns it the first com the company called grumpy joe's yeah he mean h bought that when we were 22 years old 22 grand, but I had no money. I was come out of university and brass, yeah? He's like, bro, let's do this. I borrowed 11 grand off my mom and dad. LED dance floors. For how many years did you see LED dance floors all of a sudden blow up? It's still that there. Company, that company, Grumpy Joe's, he turned over, he was going bankrupt. We bought them. He turned over 1 million pounds after we bought those, those uh, things. That's the power of the brand at that point, yeah? LED screen. We went and bought LED screen. Overhead lighting at parties. Print on dance floors. Um, you know, the list keeps going on and on and on. These are all ideas that, if I'm honest, stem from H. Like a lot of the setups, bro, we'll do a setup one week and you'll get a roach of copy the week after. What did and you, you, see, what did and you see half you see half posting on the casting everyone? And he's like, bro, this is a fucking copy that's set up. And I'm like, bro, Larry. And he's like, nah, Larry. And it's so funny because you know what? We get caught up in it as well. Because it is annoying. Don't get me wrong, yeah. bro. It's like, like you put all this effort into something, you create this thing, and then not only does a person copy it a week later, they've done it for half the price as well. If you if you, if you, if you put a post out on Instagram, if you follow it on a, if you follow it on um, Instagram, because I'm constantly complaining about seeing the same shit every weekend. Yeah, yeah. If you you can map it, you can, if you got like a map that you say, oh, this design was here, and then you can see it being repeated. Every, oh every yeah, yeah, bro. It's like who's gonna copy it first? But you know what? Yes, you moan about it, but then I say to the boys, look, man, we're not copying no one else, innit? So don't worry about it. The minute we copy other people, then we've got a problem, innit? What's the, here's one, and everyone's going to... I don't know if you got the answer to this. What's, what's the, the next evolution of the one big screen at the back? What's after that? I don't know, man. I think the thing is, at the moment, the flexibility that an LED screen gives you is you can put whatever you want on it. That's the thing. 
because it, you can put content on it, you can put your pictures on it, you can put your logos on it, you can put whatever you your heart desires goes on that screen. You look at every main concert, yeah? Now go from, let's say, Drake concert or Chris Brown concert or whatever, yeah? You look at that, what have they all got at the back? A big LED screen. Why? Mm. Because it's all content now. It's all content driven. And that's what is big at the moment. So it's, it's hard to know, man. Like, you can be creative with setups. You can, I think it's taken a bit of a 360, if I'm very honest, because what I've noticed now is the setups got changed, the setups got changed, the setups got changed, the setups got changed. They've got to a point now where you've got pretty similar format, LED screen, dance floor, big light show, changed in different formats. But I think now people are valuing, what I always say to everybody, when people say, oh, but bruv, like, oh, you're charging this much, but, um, you know, this DJ is charging that. And I say, yeah, but what's going to come out of your speakers and how the guy's going to host it? You can't compare the two, innit? Like, I know how good I am, innit? Like, bro, I'll be openly say it. Technically, as a DJ, fine. There's probably people way uh, uh, above me. You've got, like, DJ Dips, technically, bad boy DJ. Like, um, uh, Rajiv. Rajiv's one of the... He's an animal on the decks, yeah? RV. He's, like, my own team, obviously, are amazing like, as well. Um, but you've got so many DJs that are technically sick. I'm not as good as that, but on a host level and music knowledge wise, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of people that can stand up against me in terms of creating a vibe and hype. And that's my selling point. But I, and I say to people, but you're not going to get that from me. Innit? You're not going to get that from that DJ. Did you not start all the, Hey, Hey, well, of course I did, man. Come on, Giza. I've seen people's stories. And the worst thing is I go to my missus, I go, why are they screaming like that? Do I sound like that? Why are they screaming like that? That's just what, did she, what did she honestly Everybody say? Out there, listen, that is just my voice. That's how I, I mic it. That's how I talk. Stop screaming, man. We, it's bait. What about the other one? So, like, at the moment, the current one is energy in it. Everyone's energy. Oh, bro. Giza, the worst thing is, yeah, uh, what winds me up, yeah? So, Chunk's done that thing where everyone gets down on one knee, yeah? To that bloody Freed from Desire, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Other people do it. Like, with chess, like, yeah, we're sick, bro. Look at what we just done. And I think, is you copied us? What are you talking about? What's the, what's, what's the next tagline? We got, so we got, hey, we got energy. What's the next one? Oh, uh, you'll see it on everyone else's story, <laughs> dude. Anyway, don't worry, man. You can, you can, you, even, that's our beta stuff. You, you should have trademarked that. Nah, it's all right. You know what? I'm only joking. Now, to be fair, yeah. look, I'm actually uh, humbled that, I, but obviously, I see people copying me in it. Like, I, I'm not, under any uh, kind of, I'm not delusional about it that people, but then I've, I learned probably learned from someone like, bro, I learned from Gulu, from Sting. Like, I learned from Jatty, he used to be part of Calabar. They, I learned from Manji B. I used to watch his videos and think, yo, and I built my confidence using their taglines. Um, and then I developed my own style. And you know what, younger DJs can do that by. It's a by, writer path, isn't it? Bro, yeah, man. Like, it's, it, I actually. Um, it's nice. It's a nice thing. I'm only messing around about the whole, um, oh, stop copying me. Like, it is what it is, isn't it? Like, but I'd rather, like I said, I'd rather be copied than copy someone else, isn't it? Easy. Bloody hell. Yeah. That's, that's pretty deep for you. Yeah, bruv. And I'd rather <laughs> know how to mix the notebooks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything about that. Let's not get into that. Get little digs in while you can. <laughs> um, uh, so, in, in terms of, in terms of like your, 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 your TV, is there any other kind of areas of where you're kind of concentrating on as well? 
Like, you, in, in terms of, you got your bread and butter, what you're doing, you're working there yeah. Monday to Friday. I saw you doing scooters at one stage, and then you do. That was just COVID, man. That was just keep busy, innit? I know, I know, but I'm just saying, is there any, do you ever see your, your exit strategy as well? Um, I think I'm in it now, man. I'm in the game, innit? Like, I enjoy it. If I fall out of love with it, I'll come out of it. I think this, you have to be in love with this business. Because if you're in events, you've got to be ready for the late nights. You've got to be ready to give up the family time on the weekend. You've got to be ready to give that up for other people's special occasions. If you're not willing to do that, then you shouldn't be in this game. You can't be in this game just for the money. You can't. I love putting, you know, actually, funny you say that, yeah? And I know a lot of people in the uh, industry do, and a lot of people take pride in what they do as well. Like, you know, you've got your USRs, you've got your Infinitives, people like that. They probably have the same pride, they do, sorry, have the same pride in when they've done a 48 hours, sometimes Nikki Post, sometimes 48 hours or, um, you know, without sleep and this and that. That's not a joke, you know, like you've given up that family time. But you know, the moment your bride and groom walk in and their face lights up, that's nice for you to feel that. Forget the money for a minute. It's a really nice feeling. And you know, the next day when you wake up to a really nice text message from a bride and groom buzzing, that that is a gives you a lot of job satisfaction. You know what it is? I got like um, I've got a personal view on this. I think it's absolutely. I think I worry for DJs. What do you mean? Because my from from my work is like within within public health, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's you're looking at health and well being. You're looking at levels of sleep deprivation that people are doing performing. You're looking at addictions that people have got within the game within the game, yeah, yeah. mainly coke or or with uh, with yeah, alcohol. Yeah. You got decision making based on that driving equipment, all these kind of things, right? And I I can't see, you know, the aftercare, the health and well being. I lost a mate of mine about two months ago now, probably six weeks ago. And he was like one of like an original door player for uh, natural sounds. He had his complications in life and stuff. These people, uh, he made a lot of people a lot of money from doing what it was. There, there was no aftercare that he got. His his uh, leaving present was addiction. What? How do you? What's your What's your opinion on that? So I think look reason. So our uh, outfit is very different from everyone, yeah? And people go around and they say things like, oh, how come uh, <clears throat> other roaches say this against us, yeah? Uh, why are you two grand more expensive? Now, it's not, and other roaches will say, oh, you know, Kudos got so many overheads. They've got this big unit, they've got this, they've got that, they've got overheads. We haven't got these overheads. No, it's not that. Dude, I come to your wedding, I, will, I come to your wedding to DJ. I'm the DJ for your wedding. I've come there fresh, all your music's prepared, my mind is clear, and the next seven hours, six to seven hours, I'm gonna go for it, yeah? I've got, look how, you've seen my videos online, yeah? Look how much mm. energy I exert throughout my whole party. Like, above, my mic doesn't leave my hand, I'm DJing, next track, bang, 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 my, you know my, sometimes my Fitbit is going dig, 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 like, because I'm exerting so much energy, yeah? Now, I don't go set up the ring, I don't pack the ring away, I don't prep the kit at the unit and I don't unload the vans because my job is to come and DJ your party and give you an amazing experience. But with that comes cost because I'm not the labor now. I'm not driving the van. Yeah, I go to my gigs, I go with the driver because, bro, I can't do 
Friday, drive home, drive to Birmingham up the A4 M40, do another gig, prestige suite, let's say, and then Sunday, do another gig and be fresh, driving this and that, doing all these hours and not being able to perform for your big day. And I say this to people, I say, look, I come and I DJ. I don't come set up the van, load your rig, this, mm. that. By the time you are loading all that equipment the night before or that morning, set all that equipment up, by the time you come, firstly, you're sweaty and shagged and you're putting... I used to do it, man, when we started, but our rigs were not simple then. You set up in the middle of summer, it's piping hot, and then I'm in, I'm in Supreme Suite. Where am I going to go and have a shower? So what, I, what do I do? I just... All my cup, my clean cup there. I just put on, but really I'm all sticky and you know chip chip and nasty. So what, yeah? what I mean, like, do you... well, no, but let, let me finish. What I'm yeah. getting to my point here yeah, is that lifestyle can, yeah, it can be. Oh, let's pack away and have a session. While we're packing away, let's have a glassy. Then let's end up here. Then people do end up. The problem is now there's a lot more drugs mixed into it. I've seen it. You know, where we had this conversation earlier and I said, people come up to you and say, you want a glassy? People come up to you now and say, Bob, do you want a lime? Normally, normally, it's normal thing. Yeah. And it's not just here, bro. It's in India, everywhere. I was in Delhi doing a wedding recently. Normally, people come up to say, Bob, do you want a lime? It's everywhere. Drugs are everywhere. I think you're in the health uh, um, Game. Uh, industry. Bro, it's normal now. It is a normal thing and people come up to you and you're and if you're headstrong enough to say look bro I, I don't drink at my gigs reason i don't drink at my gigs is for two reasons yeah one you can turn into alcoholic if you slowly slip into that ice session every gig because then you can't do a party sober yeah secondly bro you don't realize until the video the binding room see their video at that wedding you think you're doing the best job ever but you don't know if your mixes are out or you say the wrong thing on the mic that could offend a lot of people. Bro, is, I, I, have, I'm, I do drink at parties sometimes, like Dow's Wedding, for instance, Beats by Lion. But that's one of my boys, isn't it? I know that everyone there, I'm in a safe space. They're all my friends. There, you're by yourself with two lads. You don't know what you could say the wrong thing on the mic. Um, do you worry about... Um, well, it's probably more going towards is like... Do you worry about other people in terms of trying to keep up that they have to do that? Because the competition can be so fierce, like how people undercut prices, people mm -hmm. are trying to compete with the best that it comes at a cost in it. And sometimes it's yeah. it's at it's at the expense of their health. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I say this to people, I say you're kidding yourself. Like, like you look at sometimes people want to do things just to show they're busy. And this whole thing that, oh, I'm so busy, I'm doing 10 gigs. Yeah, really, uh, that's amazing. I'd rather do two gigs and spend the whole week with my family. Mm. But I know do you I'm think you're maturing because of that? Like, you've, paid, you've, you've made that mistake earlier on in your career, but now you've got no, your family. Really, bro. We, okay. we, we've been, you know who actually taught me this lesson is H. Bro, you got to remember, we are charging, H used to charge three grand 14 years ago for a basic show, two projectors and a DJ booth 14 years ago. He goes, bro, that's what I want to charge. And he was busy. People are charging that same money, putting on LED screen, 12 heads, this, that, this, that. That's up to you. That's cool. You do that thing. You do that. If that's what you want to do, there's a price point for you. That's your price point. I can't cuss you and say, why are you charging that much money? Because that's up to you, isn't it? But I know that Kudos, firstly, is a brand. Secondly, what we deliver as a, um, a product and like I said, the main thing that we sell on, 
people might have this conception it's the setups, but it's not. It's actually the DJ you're getting. Look at the look at actually our team. Look at the team we got across the board. Yeah, you got myself, H, AJ, Hal, Rajiv, Arvi, um, Itch, Amun, Little Amun, uh, Kabir. We got bro. We got such a sick team of DJs. I just think that is where the talent lies, man, and people are noticing that now. Mm. Can you rock a party? That's the main thing. Mm. Okay, coming up to my last questions. <clears throat> Starting to bend. You miss me. You miss it, innit? Bro, where's the t-shirt? Shall I bring it back, bro. Shall I bring it back. Starting to bend. That was massive. You did. You did merch before merch was a thing. No, bro, I started this thing. I told you, but everyone just copied us. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that was oh. actually our idea. We had loads, you know that we had. Uh, we had I'm hit, trying to give. I'm head. trying to give you bare pumping here. Just I so know, I know, man. I know, I know. You got, I'm gonna get a big head, man. What's it? That um, we had loads, man. We had, when we had head, shoulders, knees, and toes come out, we had said Monday, Monday pair. Uh, we had Star in the Pin when that come out. We had uh, Are You Gonna Bang Dog when Are You Gonna Bang Dog came out. Uh, what else do we have? We had. Guitar uh, Boss doing that now, isn't it? What's that? You know, all those kind of dodgy kind of t-shirts as well. He's a, he's a funny guy, man. He's a killer. But you know what? To be honest, in those days, loads of people say to me now, oh, but being um, Night Shift back, yeah? I would like to go on TV again or some form of media again. Maybe that is my exit plan one day to come out of this when I'm not so responsible. Yeah, I like, you know, during COVID, like your your, your uh, shows that you're putting on there, I really enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah, it was good, man. It was good. It was professional as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. It, it was a good show. Um, that was live as well, man. That whole thing. There was no editing to it. It was a full live show. Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just think... I'm just a push, I think COVID taught us a lot. Anyway. We used to talk a lot in COVID anyway. But I think COVID taught us a lot just to be appreciative of things, man. Mm. You've got to respect the life we got now. Before COVID, we wanted to take over the whole world. Um, but now, bro, I'm content, man. I'm enjoying it. I know um, I'm blessed to sit in front of this name um i made some sick friends like in this industry and i want it to grow man i want people to make money out of it i want people to flourish it i want people to become more professional because the thing is look yeah gordon still look at us i'm in the corporate market and gordon still look at us as indian companies they're indian companies and we are oh you know gordon do it properly go to a proper gorda company what's that all about what do you mean go to a pro you know, brother, how many people have you heard say that expression? Oh, you know, well, they're a proper border company. It, it it was to the point that if you're booking a venue and you get a price and then they go, it's an Indian wedding, and then it's double the price, yet it's still not we're still classed as uh sub substandard supplies. Yeah, yeah, but it's our own fault. Bro, mm. it's our own fault. Like we give the excuse out ourselves in this industry. If we went into places, staff job correctly, don't get pissed at jobs, deliver the proper things, do everything correctly, then, yeah, people will take us more seriously. What winds me up is when people say, oh, you know, they're a proper Gora company. I'm like, bro, a company is a company, isn't it? Like, mm -hmm. we're a company. What, because we're... It's funny, the V&A, yeah? Victoria and Albert Museum, they've been, they were on my case, isn't it? About um, uh, coming on board and... Uh, my case but they emailed us saying oh can you come on board as a supplier yeah so i was like cool no problem 
Obviously, we're an AV supplier. Only four companies can work in Natural History Museum next door in the whole country. Yeah, and we're one of the company uh, companies that can execute jobs there. Yeah, we do jobs for L'Oreal, British Airways, bloody you name it, law firms, this that. We've done huge jobs there. Yeah, like massive, massive uh, corporate events for uh, big companies. Yeah, and they emailed me saying, "Oh, we'd love to make you an AV supplier for, for our Indian weddings." And I said, okay, I said, my moving heads and my screens and my um, sound don't only just work at Indian weddings. Why would you think that they could, you would only put me in as an Indian wedding supplier where I'm a full AV supplier at the Natural History Museum? I took it to offense. And I don't think she meant to offend me, but I was like, what? I'm just a, a bud bud ding ding to you. Like, we but it's our own fault to a degree because we do that to ourselves yeah and we think that oh you know we, we're not a proper border company it's that prof that professionalization of of the industry one or two would do it what it takes is one idiot and it's all over again yeah yeah 100 percent. look at this now yeah there's a venue in midlands that now is such a popular venue you have to pay three thousand pound to put uh, trusses up in the in, in the ceiling now. Why? Because the Asian wedding suppliers abused it. They abused it. Didn't do the jobs properly. Didn't execute. And now who who's who's suffering? The customer suffers the extra three grand. And now you might suffer yourself because you outpriced that service to the customer. So they might not buy your lighting for you now. That's our own fault. So, One times, but anyway, okay. there's the end of the negative. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's the last question, which I've got to be more controversial than this. You know that you've been quite you easy. I thought, yeah, man, I thought I was gonna go away and have to phone you up. I said, bro, you know, don't forget. No, no, no. Look, my, my job is this. <laughs> okay. My job is this. My job is to kind of ask the questions, and it's for up to the guests to to answer any way they choose to. Say that again, bro. I said my my job is to kind of ask the questions. Yeah, and it's up to the guests to answer it any way they choose to. Yeah, no, no, can't Because all anyone who's kind of been a Billy bullshitter before, they've been they've been spotted out anyway. Do you know what I mean? But that hasn't happened in this case, so don't worry about that. So here we go, Jess. You ready for this? Go so, on. um, this is called the bandwagon, um, and it's a play on my surname. Is there a bandwagon that you either want to jump on, jump off? Or if there isn't, is there anything that you want to get off your chest? This is your space to do so. So you said it cut out there. Say that again. So this is the bandwagon. Is there a bandwagon that you want to jump on or you want to jump off? Or is there anything that you want to get off your chest? This is your space to do so. Bandwagon to jump on, jump off. Um, I think we've always created the bandwagon. So everyone's always jumped on ours. Um, and I don't mind that. I honestly don't mind that. The minute I'm jumping on someone else's bandwagon, then I say, look, then we're not the market leaders anymore. Well, but you have jumped on mine, so. Huh? <laughs> bro, you've been begging me. Shall I show the text messages? You've been begging me to come on this show. I have. I have one minute. I, yeah. I want to see you. Yeah. You go. I was. I've been. Asking. Let me just see what you messaged me. Yeah, you go. I want you to pull out the first one. You and I will be wearing red panties. Just make sure you log on. Yeah, yeah that's it. Down, bro. That's the only reason I came today. Yeah, yeah that's it. 
But there is a point in terms of saying where, <laughs> where I wanted to set the, the scene because we what's interesting is sometimes when people do when you do this, how people refer to other people in terms of where innovation happened or there's a story linked to it. And then when you're trying to pull it all together, you I need I need this person to sell the story for the next person. So uh, that's why sometimes when I plan things out, I plan it kind of a, a route. So at the moment, I'm trying to do a road to Diljit for my 100th episode. Road to Diljit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll phone him right now. One minute. Bro, <laughs> Wax just done the same. So um, I've absolutely no expectation that he's even going to look at this yet. I've yeah. heard that he actually has seen the 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 what I do, um, but he's not going to turn up. All I'm after is even a like or an a, a acknowledgement. So, Dude, come on, bro. Small, small, small mercies, isn't it? You know what I mean, you should change this to Bandela. What like Coachella kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he might come, bro. You never know. And you I, know I, what I did. I did in the last in the episode that's come out today. I asked ask GBT about what questions I could ask Diljit. And I've got like 10 that it's given me. So mm. I'm ready. I've got like, I'm, I'm really good to go, man. Good man, good man, good man. I'm going to kill it. Bro, listen, it was a pleasure. Um, I'm going to go home now because it's like 10.40. That's it. Energy. Energy. Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. All the best. Oh, bro, respect, man. Yeah. Cool. Bye-bye, yeah. man.